Well, hello, everyone. Happy New Year to you. This is our first podcast for 2024. And as we enter this year, I pray that you seek out and enjoy the blessings which Jehovah God has for you in Jesus Christ. This year, we'll continue what we started last year. You'll hear stories of people who live out Jesus in their lives, and we'll continue our in-depth review of the life of Jesus as we outlined it in Season 1. If you've not heard the first podcasts about the life of Jesus, I do encourage you to go back and take a listen. You won't be alone in that listening. At the end of November last year, there have been over 72,000 downloads of those episodes of Jesus' life. Which brings me to my next point. We have over 80,000 downloads of all of our podcast episodes from across 143 countries. The story of Jesus is getting told across the world. Won't you help facilitate this telling? There are two ways to support us. First and foremost, pray. Pray for the people who listen regularly and pray for new listeners to come to the podcast and understand what Jesus' life can mean in their own lives. Pray for me as I prepare and present these episodes. Pray that the Holy Spirit is present as I write and as I listen to Him as He directs. Secondly, you can support us financially. A one-time gift or a monthly donation, either one is possible. Any amount is appreciated. How to do that? Just visit the website, jesusstories.info. Click on the Support This Podcast tab for information on how you can help us out, either in prayer or with financial help. That's jesusstories.info. Click on the Support This Podcast tab to find out how to help. In our last episode before Christmas, I started playing an interview with Dennis. We began hearing a different coming to Jesus story, and today we're going to continue that story. Since it's been a while since that episode aired, a month, let me offer you a recap. For the sake of brevity, I'll tell part of it and then let Dennis give you the most pertinent details. Dennis was born and raised in Wisconsin to a church-going family. He willingly participated in church activities as a kid and as a teen. However, in his teen years, he began hanging out with what we would call the wrong crowd, other kids who were smoking, drinking, doing drugs, Eventually, Dennis joined in these activities as well. He was also learning about the world's view of where we come from, evolution, Big Bang, scientific theories, which instilled doubts in his heart about what he had been taught regarding creation. As time went on, Dennis says that these activities became his life, his God, among his friends were those who were practicing paganism and Wiccan. Dennis himself was making and contacting spirits using Ouija boards and dowsing rods. 
anything to contact the supernatural world. At the age of 18, he and a friend were driving around. I'll let him tell you the next part of the story. Let's go to the time I'm about 18 years old. Uh I'm in high school, and one of my best friends and I, we would drive around in the country and partake in illicit acts. We were driving around one day, and we were... We were doing our thing and it was middle of the day and we come around a corner and in broad daylight we see five bright yellow orbs in the sky and before our eyes they vanished in broad daylight they just disappeared and this sparked a curiosity in me about ufos in particular and aliens and i got very interested in this i i spent hours and hours at that point in my life reading about aliens reading about ufos looking up footage of ufos that people had seen and and learning about this this subject matter this fascination carried on for a bit as i got older and i was i was into these these drugs i was doing drugs that were mind altering And I hadn't really thought about the aliens for quite a while, but I was doing mind-altering drugs and drugs that would cause you to see things in a different light. But they, they cause you to see things around you and hear things and feel sensations that you normally wouldn't. And people people who are into the occult and new age spiritual practices and, and even these substances believe that they open you up to the spiritual realm and that they allow you to interact with things around you that you wouldn't necessarily see in a sober state. So I'm doing these substances. I start having experiences with them that I've never had before. The main reason at the time that I was doing the substances in retrospect, I look back on it and it was almost like I was looking for God. I wanted to, I was looking at myself and thinking about my place in the universe and how I relate to everything and everyone around me. At that point in time, the point in time that I'm doing these substances, I held a very kind of Eastern worldview. I I believed that I was the universe experiencing itself. In other words, I basically said, I'm God, I'm everything, I'm everyone. That was my worldview. So I'm doing these substances and I start having experiences that are outside of that realm. I had an experience that was very profound to me and it changed the trajectory of my life. And and that experience was, for lack of a better way to explain it, I would say it was similar to an alien abduction. These entities, they were telling me that they created humanity basically and they put us here on earth. I mean, as fast as the experience happened, it was over. It, it, I mean, it lasted no more than a minute, but it was so profound to me. So did you buy into this? Yeah, I did. I did buy into it. So I, I started reading these testimonies again of people who were interacting with extraterrestrial entities. There was a very common theme among these people. These entities are already here. They need spokespeople here on Earth, basically, to to talk about their existence and what their agenda is. And their agenda is to showing the world their existence, show the world that basically they created us. Who would have guessed 
that aliens would figure into a story like this. I never saw that coming. But Dennis goes on to talk about meditating, actually calling on these entities, actively engaging them. During his downtime at a job in a paper mill, he would meditate drug-free, fortunately, and found that the entities would appear before him. So, he decides, I want to do this same thing with drugs. And I said to myself, I want to try this with drugs because they open you up more to that realm. I went and got my my uh, substances I sat in my car and I, I tried doing this. I had several entities appear to me and the first couple appeared and disappeared rather quickly, but they didn't look like aliens. They looked like humans. And I said, where are the aliens? They're the ones I want to talk to. I basically invited these aliens to talk to me and and all of a sudden I had a an alien standing in front of me. He looked like kind of like a hologram he kind of projected out of the background like a movie projector is kind of how he walked out of out of the environment he sort of materialized out of thin air so to speak he was standing there and and we started having a bit of a conversation he kind of asked actually it was interesting he kind of asked my permission for him to show me things and i gave him permission and as soon as i did that he sent some things into my mind he was showing me like evolution and, and DNA and all of these very profound visions in, in moments. I mean, what's interesting to me was I had up to this point, I had no problem with this whole agenda, but something changed in that instant. Let me ask you, have you ever had the sensation where it feels you've just got a creepy sense and you're like, I don't know why I feel creeped out right now and all the hair on your neck stands up. And I have had that sensation. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of the listeners have yeah. had that sensation. Yep. I had that sensation so powerfully at that moment and it creeped me out. From my involvement in playing with Ouija boards and talking to spirits mm -hmm. and listening to these voices talk about the occult, I knew that when you when you wanted to stop a conversation with an entity, with a spirit, or whatever you want to call these things, that you were supposed to be polite to them and ask them and just say politely, I don't want to talk to you anymore, please go. That was the understanding I had from the occult. Okay. And so I tried it and I said to this entity, I, I don't want to talk to you anymore, can you please leave? The, the look on his face changed. So I tried again. He went from having kind of a emotionless face mm -hmm. to he looked really mad all of a sudden mm -hmm. and he left. And I said to myself, well, that was kind of weird. I wonder if there's nicer aliens. I don't know if it was the same entity that appeared to me or one that looked just like him. But another one of these things appeared. And this one, immediately, I could tell that he was disgusted with my existence. He hated me with the very core of his being. And he appeared to me and instantaneously, I had just these horrific, scary thoughts and visions populating my mind. And it was just one after another, after another, after another. I got scared and I began yelling at this thing. I mean, at the top of my lungs, I'm screaming at this entity. I'm saying, 
get out of my face now. I mean, I said much, much stronger stronger words than that to this Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. And he did the opposite of that. He stayed right there and just kept pummeling me with these thoughts and these visions. Something happened in front of my eyes. And I believe this is when the Holy Spirit grabbed me the first time. This thing that looked like an alien, looked like a typical alien you'd see in a movie. It right in front of my eyes, this entity turned red and grew horns. In that moment, I recognized, I said, that's a demon. And I did the only thing that I could do. I bowed my head, folded my hands, and I said, God or Jesus or whatever is good in this world, please make this stop. And this guy faded away. And that is only the beginning of the battle. You see, just as in our Jesus story of Jesus' encounter with Satan, Satan may go away for a time, but he does return. The war is not over. How does it go? Well, you're going to find out in the rest of the interview. I'm going to play the rest of the interview for you. It's a bit longer than our usual episode length, but I pray you'll take the time to listen all the way to the end. Here is the rest of Dennis's story. When that happened, I was sitting in my car, and afterwards I went went into my apartment where my roommate was, who is a he was an atheist and still is to this day. And, and if you're listening, please pray for him that he would be saved and know Jesus. I went inside and I told him, I said, I think I just saw a demon. And I feel like it followed me here because I had that same creepy sensation. I said, I think it followed me. And he said, no, you just did too much stuff. Just go to bed. And I said, okay. And I went to bed and I slept like a baby. I woke up in the morning. I didn't have a dream. Didn't wake up for even a moment. I woke up in the morning just totally sober. And I, I sat there and I said, I need to know the truth. I grabbed my my st- substances again and I did them and I said I literally spoke into the world I spoke into the air and I said I want to talk with whatever's good in this world when I said that a man he had a body made out of lightning in the same way that this evil spirit walked out of the background into my realm into my world he did too he walked out of my wall in a body made out of lightning and I just heard in my mind, you need to believe. Everything inside of me recognized who I was looking at. I knew I was looking at Jesus Christ. I knew I was looking at, you know, the spirit of Christ. And and I didn't have to ask him. I just recognized. I said, you're Jesus. And he said, yes. I asked him several things. Basically, he told me that he needed my help of sorts the story gets very weird after this. As if it hasn't been weird yeah, so yeah, far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was already kind of weird, but it gets weird after this. So I just, at this point, I know that Jesus is real, but I, I still, like I was when I was a child, I didn't know him as Savior and Lord. Mm-hmm. I knew his existence was real. I knew that he was real. Mm-hmm. And I was praying to him even. I was talking to him. I, I mean, I talked to him for several days before I got saved and I knew he was real and I knew he was bigger than these demons. I keep doing these drugs because at this time I'm trying to talk to Jesus. I thought I needed to see him present in front of me and and hear his voice like I did that time to really talk to him. Mm -hmm. And so I was doing these drugs and trying to meditate and, and call on him. 
I was having all kinds of spirits appear before me. And now, are these evil spirits or is this? So that's something I've still to this day, I'm not 100% sure of on, on, on every one of them that appeared to me. I believe some of them were angels. I believe some of them were, were demons. At the time, I was trying to decipher what they were. Mm -hmm. I know that the, the enemy had his hand on my mind to a significant degree mm -hmm. because at that time, I felt like I was helping God judge dead people even like there was this weird stuff going on like i was trying to discern what these things were whether they were angels or demons or dead people or what they were and I, and and at a certain point i got scared i said what if i make the wrong thing here i don't know what's happening mm -hmm. i got scared and and i stepped back i said i i can't do this you know i i can't keep doing this and and i got scared you know, I was still doing these drugs and trying to talk to Jesus and trying to see him and hear him. Were the demons in any way contradicting anything Jesus was telling you? For the most part, these things that were appearing to me weren't really speaking to me. But okay. I know that the thoughts I was having were very erratic. And looking back now, I know that they were trying to steer me away from knowing Jesus as Savior. Okay. Yeah, they were definitely trying to get me away from that. One night, I drive and, and buy my drugs, and I park in a Burger King parking lot. I'm sitting there, I do my drugs, and the same Spirit of Christ appears before me. I just felt in my spirit that I was supposed to judge my own spirit, judge where I stood, because I was trying to judge these other spirits. He said, judge yourself, basically. And, and I said, I'm a good guy. And he said, really judge yourself. I said these following words. This is what I said. I said, well, I'm not such a good guy, but I believe in you and I want to do what's right. And when I said those words, the spirit of Christ that was standing in front of me merged with me. I watched him come into me and I heard him say, you're going to live forever and have a battle. That's what he said. I was so delusional at this point from all the drugs and all the demons. I thought I was going to live forever in my physical body. I laughed and laughed. I said, I'm going to tell everyone that I'm the guy that's going to live forever. You know, I drove home laughing my head off on the way home. That was the moment when I knew Jesus as Lord and Savior. I knew he, before that, I knew he was real. I knew that the devil was real for sure, but I didn't place my faith in Jesus. I hadn't been convicted of sin. Mm -hmm. You know, the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. comes to bring conviction of sin, exactly. righteousness, and judgment. Exactly. And... I didn't know him like that. And so that moment that I truly said, I, I, I believe and I want to do what's right, mm -hmm. that's the moment he saved me. I had no idea what happened. I didn't know what it meant to be a born-again Christian. I didn't know the Bible. I just knew that the Spirit of God was in me. The Spirit of Jesus was in me. I had demons at this point try to tell me very contrary things. I had them telling me that you know, if the Spirit of God is in you, then you are God. And trying to derail me from any form of truth. So they were pulling you, trying to pull you back to your yeah. Eastern religion's uh, roots, if you will. Exactly, yeah. They were trying to convince me of all sorts of things. They were trying to get me to do evil things, too. They were trying to convince me that my dog was Satan and that, like, I needed to get rid of my dog and all kinds of scary things and i was losing my mind when the spirit came into me and i heard him say you're going to live forever and have a battle 
that battle immediately broke out. Mm -hmm. All of the demons that were in my life did not fly out of my life the second I said that prayer. You're talking about a guy who had thousands of dollars of drugs at home mm -hmm. and was into horrible things that aren't worth mentioning here. The battle was on. And the only thing I knew was that Jesus is bigger than these demons. That's all I knew. Mm -hmm. I knew he was real. I knew he was bigger. I knew that the demons fleed at his name because before I was even saved, I was telling demons to go in the name of Jesus. And it was working to mm -hmm. some degree. Mm -hmm. They would come right back because I wasn't walking right. You know, I, I, I was in sin. I was summoning things. I was way off base. But praise God for his grace. He could have let those demons kill me in drugs so many times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He Amen. didn't. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So you have put your faith in Jesus. Where did Jesus take you after this? Like I said, I was having these crazy thoughts. My family was quite concerned. My mom, she was a believer. And I, I thought, who do you tell that you have demons? What do you do? What, where do you mm -hmm. go? Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, my mom's going to understand. And so I went and told her and she uh, didn't understand. How old are you at this point? At this point, I was 23. So I tell my mother this. I mean, the demons that were in me, when she would try to calm me down and, and talk to me rationally and stuff, the demons that were in me would rise up and they would fill me with rage. And my pupils would dilate, fully dilate in an instant. And it scared my mom so much, the pupils dilating like that. She literally broke down crying in front of me because it scared her so bad. So my family told me that I need to get sober and I need a mental health evaluation. I completely agreed. And they said, you don't need to do drugs to talk to Jesus. I said, that's true. I said, I said, I will go for a mental health evaluation. And so I agreed with them to go for that. And so the first place Jesus took me was to the mental hospital. Mm -hmm. And the mental hospital had a Bible that I slept with because okay. <laughs> I was so scared. It had nurses that believed me, believe it or not. They believed me. Okay. And they were praying for me. And as I was in this hospital, I was literally fighting demons in my mind nonstop. Wow. They were trying to tell me horrific things. They were trying to do all sorts of things. And I, I was fighting them in my mind. And under my breath, I was telling them to go in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. I mean, I at one point, I had to run to the bathroom because they violent, some of them violently came out of my body at one point while I was in there even. All I knew was that Jesus was real. And he's bigger than these demons and they're going to go. And I just held on to him for dear life. And I prayed and I slept with that Bible and... Um, Were you reading the Bible? I read a little bit of it. Okay. I was like starting in Genesis. I didn't know where to start, you know? Yeah, I'm in the hospital fighting these demons and they're leaving me. And my mind is getting less and less crazy as I'm there. And the doctors are like, you just did too many drugs. You'll be all right. And I'm like, you're right. I did way too many drugs. I'm never touching them again. Yeah. And they, they didn't even medicate me at all. Like, and well, I was really? They... Yeah, because I went, the last thing you need is more. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I was like so, so used to walking around in my life high all the time and, and in weird states that I could talk to people and convince them that I wasn't messed up, you know, okay. 
So I was doing everything I could because I knew that if I started talking about, I got demons tormenting me right now, you know, they're going to like never let me leave or something. Right, you know? right. So I just played it as cool as I could. Anyways, I get out of the hospital after three days. I had a couple things going on. The first day I get out, I have a note to take to the factory that I'd been working at because I missed work. And I had a doctor's note for them explaining my absence. And so I took this to my workplace. And this is uh, northwestern Wisconsin in February 3rd or 4th or something. Mm -hmm. It was cold. It was literally probably negative 20 or negative 30 degrees Fahrenheit. And it was freezing. My car didn't even want to start. It was so cold. And I drove across town and... There's a man wearing sweatpants, slippers, and a long sleeve t-shirt standing outside of my workplace with a dog. I get out of my car and he says, excuse me, can I talk to you? And I said, uh, sure. Give me a minute. I got to give this note to my workplace. So I go inside and I'm expecting him to be gone, you know, and I, I come back out and he's waiting for me. He says, so I was talking to Jesus this morning and he told me to follow this dog. And the dog walked me all the way across town right to this spot. And I'm supposed to talk to you. And he told me about his favorite scripture being Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, which says, for those who don't know, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. I thought, well, well wow, that's, you know, like from God, you know. So I, I was like, I need a Bible. That was mm -hmm. my first thought mm -hmm. was, I want a Bible. Mm -hmm. And... I went to my parents' house because they had Bibles. I didn't have I didn't have a book in my house, you know. I went to my parents and I grabbed a an NIV off the shelf. And it was an old leather-bound NIV. It was like falling apart. And I opened it up to Proverbs, and that verse was highlighted in, in marker. I went and said to my parents, Whose Bible is this? And they said, We've never seen that before. Don't know whose it is. And so I took it home with me and I, I read it. Uh -huh. And um it was what I needed. At the same time, the Lord is pulling on me, and one of my old friends who was into the occult was pulling on me too. This person gave me, they gave me a crystal to help protect me from these evil entities. So I was like, have my foot in both worlds, but something felt off about the crystal. And I, I told this person that, and I gave it back. And I know this person has a heart of gold. They, they are a very very nice person and pray for them guys because they would make an excellent person in the kingdom of god and i hope very much that they get saved because they're a great person i have the conviction that i need to get rid of everything that's not of god in my life okay and i literally had a bonfire where i burnt uh, about 180 metric kilograms of drugs mm. which is a lot a kilogram is about, it's about 2.2 pounds, I believe. So that hundreds of pounds of drugs. Right. I burned thousands of dollars gone. I never touched drugs again. I still had evil spirits harassing me mm -hmm. in bad ways. They were stabbing me. I don't know what they were stabbing me with, but I could feel them jabbing me so hard it would take my breath away. And they would fill me with fear and terror and they would appear in my dreams and do bizarre and gross things i was 
still just going through it for months. It was all I could do was call on Jesus and tell these things to get out of my body, get out of my mind, get out of my house. They left more and more and more. They left. It's been a roller coaster. It was it was a crazy time of my life. One of the things we've been talking about was the story of Jesus sitting in the desert after his baptism and Satan's encounter with him or Jesus' encounter with Satan, however you wish to put it. The fact that Jesus kept coming back at him, but he kept coming back at Jesus too. Jesus' weapon of choice was his own words. How did Jesus' words help you? Oh, they helped me significantly in so many ways. I mean, just the truth that's in there. The, Jesus said that you shall know the truth and the truth, truth shall make you free. free. Yes. And when you're believing Eastern philosophies, you're not in the truth. Mm-mm. I mean, there's so many warnings in the scripture about in the later days, people will receive doctrines of demons and, and things of this nature. And the the apostles that wrote the New Testament, forget which letter it's in, but I, I believe it was Paul wrote it. When he said, if you receive another spirit or another Jesus or another gospel, so Christians need to be very set in the word of God because these doctrines of demons are a real thing that we're warned about in the later days. And looking around, I think we're in those days, right? Mm-hmm. So that helped me significantly. There's in the Psalms, there's just prayers for deliverance that are very powerful. The conviction of sin of the word is is phenomenal. You know, the Bible says that it's profitable for reproof and correction and, and doctrine and righteousness. And it it's a lamp to our feet. If I could go back and do my Christian walk over, I wouldn't. Because I know that God has me right where I need to be today. But in my own judgment, if I could have gotten in the word sooner, I mean, I would have been delivered from a lot of this stuff earlier. That was so powerful. Another thing in the word that really helped me understand was just the doctrine of our authority in Christ, that we are seated with him in the heavenly realms and that we are in him and that we're above, far above the enemy, the word says. We're far above the enemy. We're more than conquerors. And something that's very important in the word too is that we are to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And before my conversion, when I was into these Eastern philosophies, it's the opposite philosophy. It is let your mind wander. It's healthy to give up your free will and to just become one with the universe. And I mean, I walked around like that for a couple of years of my life, almost trying to empty myself and give up my free will almost and and just ride the waves of whatever would push me along and Mm -hmm. that was a fight for me and it's still to this day i'm still fighting to take back complete control over my mind that's going to be a lifelong process for all of us Mm -hmm. to take our thoughts captive but something that you you brought up which is that the devil kept coming back to jesus and jesus warns us of something similar and this is something i've seen in my life when an evil spirit goes out of a person it tries to come back exactly exactly with its friends yeah with, yeah it comes back with its friends and tries to come back in the house mm-hmm. and we need 
when when we get delivered of something like that, you need to stay in Christ and let him fill the house, so to speak. You need to fill yourself and your life with the things of God, with the doctrine of God. You need to rid yourself of sin. And that is the call of a Christian life. I believe water baptism also had a profound effect on me. It's also commanded of our Lord. Water baptism is commanded of our Lord. It was his example Lord. for us too. Yep. He got baptized. He was sinless. He got baptized. Yeah. He didn't even start his ministry until he had been baptized. Nope. And he received the Holy Spirit. He didn't start his ministry until he received the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit either. And that happened at baptism. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. As we talked about earlier, you can receive the Holy Spirit before, or during, or after baptism. It, but you need the Holy Spirit and you need water baptism to walk this walk out. Jesus said, Amen. you must be born again. You must be born of water and the Spirit. You cannot see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. Yes. So it's very significant. It this, is. These things are it very is. powerful. It is. What is Jesus doing with you today? So he's doing a lot of things with me today. He's still ridding me of sin. <laughs> he's still... That's a lifetime thing. It is a lifetime thing. And I'm so grateful for his grace and his mercy. Amen. And because, um, man, I've... Oh, man. I am so grateful every day. When people ask me, how are you today? I usually say far better than I deserve because it's true. But he's he has me helping people who are in situations that I was in. People who had evil spirits, people who are tormented. I've seen tremendous miracles. I could introduce you personally, if you know me in person, I can introduce you to people who've been healed of seizure conditions after they've had evil spirits come out of them. I could introduce you to people who've been healed of maladies and infirmities, people who couldn't bend down and tie their shoes because they had evil spirits in their back that were torturing them. People who couldn't eat certain things, their diet, they were so lactose intolerant that just a touch of, of dairy would destroy them and they're healed after evil spirits. I could introduce you to people who've had their minds completely changed and restored. They've been brought back from horrible places mentally through receiving freedom and deliverance from evil spirits. And the Lord threw me into that ministry way early in my Christian walk. Within months of getting saved, I had people telling me, well, I've got evil spirits in my house. Can you come get rid of them? And I would go and get rid of them. And the people would go right back to the occult and they'd come back, you know, that which isn't good. I still remember the first time I prayed and saw an evil spirit take someone's mouth over and start speaking right through them and oh my cast it out and i mean my life has never been the same uh i pray with people several times a week for freedom from evil spirits and i've, I've seen no joke countless lives changed and my life has changed more and more and i've taught on the matter and i, I even at a point in time when i had more free time i was doing weekly calls where there were like zoom conference calls where we'd have upwards of 40 people in the call where we i'd pray for people and teach and see people delivered of all kinds of stuff wow and yeah my life's constantly changing and evolving and i'm trusting the lord to see a lot more people healed and set free and lives changed and i know he's still working on me too and i yeah. praise him for it yeah. so we need to close in prayer sure. we need to close in prayer to pray for our country, for our world, 
for the individuals who are listening to this this podcast at this time. And I'd like to ask you to start us out. Yeah, Father, thank you for bringing everyone this far along in the podcast. Thanks for having having us get together here and talk about these important topics. And Lord, your word says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. That testimony is the testimony of Jesus, but it's it's also sharing what we've gone through so that others can be healed and delivered. And Lord, I know that the enemy does not stop fighting against anyone at any time ever. We have a real battle on our hands, Lord, and your, your word says that we need to take up the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the Spirit, the shoes of the gospel. We, we And that's not a religious practice where we just say we put those things on, but it's actively walking and always carrying that, always having that shield of faith on our arms so we can quickly and rapidly turn and, and block the fiery arrows of the enemy and mm-hmm. having the sword in our hands so that we can attack when we need to. And God, you're. I just pray that you'd help us all to do this. I pray, Lord, that you would show everyone who's listening the reality of the spiritual world that we are in, not only at large when they look at what's happening around them and look at the world, but also in their individual lives, in their hearts, God. Your word says in James chapter 3, it says, For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder in every kind of evil. And right before that, Lord, it says, If you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, do not cover up the truth with boasting and lying, for jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Lord, help us to fight against every form of demonic trash, quite frankly, that's in our lives. Whether it's in our hearts, or in our minds, or coming against our flesh. God, we just I just pray that you would show people clearly that you'd give the gift of discernment to everyone listening in Jesus name fill them with your holy spirit and open their eyes give them eye selves so that they can see what's going on and lord help them to stand in Christ far above this evil and purge their life of it and once their life is purged help them lord because your word says that when the enemy goes out from his house that he'll come back with friends and try to come back. So help them stand firm against the enemy in every place that they have it, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, we just pray right now for those under the sound of our voice that you would drive out anything in their life right now that they've been striving against, anything they've been fighting against. Your word says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. That's James 4, 7. So everywhere that they've been submitting and resisting, but the enemy is still there. Lord, I pray right now you drive those devils out of their lives in Jesus' name. You let go of their minds, Satan. You let go of their bodies and souls in Jesus' name. Amen. You have to go. Amen. Father, I just, uh, I just want to raise up to you, Dennis, your servant, a messenger, a man who has uh, experienced the darker side of, of the spiritual world and has come through because of Jesus, and now in the cause of Jesus, fights on your behalf, God. Father, strengthen him. 
Keep him strong in you. Father, keep him in your word. Father, keep us all in your word so that we can stand. We need the, the power that is, that is in the words of, of, of Jesus as he, as he speaks to us through it. Father, I pray for everyone who is hearing this podcast. If you don't know Jesus, I pray that you will come to know him. Father, that your heart will be filled with him, that you will respond positively and obey him. Father, I pray for those who are hurting, who just need the ministry of your word. Father, I pray this podcast actually, actually does that. Thank you, God, for everyone who listens. Thank you, God, for everyone who supports. Thank you, God, for the opportunity just to talk about you wherever you are and for people to hear wherever they are. I pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Dennis, thank you, my friend. Thanks for having me. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate it. God bless you all. In the show notes for this episode, I've shared Dennis's email information. If you'd like to comment directly to him, Dennis has also started a podcast you can find on YouTube. It's called the The Deliverance from Demons podcast. You can find a link to it in my show notes for this episode. You can also contact me with any questions or comments. That can be done through my website, jesusstories.info. Click on the Talk to Us tab. Our next episode will continue with our journey into the life of Jesus as he begins his ministry in his hometown of Nazareth. But things don't go so well. Check back in two weeks to find out why. Once again, Happy New Year, everyone. I pray you experience the blessings of God and acknowledge him as the giver of those blessings with an abundance of thanksgiving to him. God bless you. See you in two weeks. Sweetest that ever was heard